Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Paul Brennan, PJ Professional with Believe in Tennessee Golf here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Our show is a breakdown of all things golf in the volunteer state. We will cover men's and women's golf tournaments, professional amateur events, and dive into junior golf as well. We will talk to the players, the instructors, and the organizers. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. You can also find us on your favorite directories, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminaire, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com or at Believe Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at pbrandon 21 or on Twitter at QIC underscore golf pro. So here we are, travelers, a lot of shakeups with uh, caddies uh, and loved ones getting sick. So a few of the tops pulling out Webb Simpson, uh, Brooks Kepka, Chase Kepka, Graham McDowell. So again, still interesting tournament, always fun to watch um, and, and see what's going on. But Diving into Tennessee, so I'm going to talk about uh, our interview today is going to be with a really good friend of mine. I teased it last week, um, Scott Master. Scott is uh, an all-around great guy. We call him Tiny. We'll talk about that in a second, but he's just a monster of a man, but just one of the friendliest guys you could ever be around, and he'll do anything for you. Um, we'll again go into the interview, but Scott and I have known each other for about 20 years now. Um, been playing on cup teams together uh, as partners, uh, playing in competition against each other as competitors. Um, he has qualified, I believe he tells us, 18 times for the Challenge Cup, which just, again, it's a, a opportunity for the, the best players in the state, pros and amateurs, to get together and, and do some fundraising and stuff like that. But let's just go ahead and dive into the interview. All right, everyone. First of all, I want to say hello to my really good friend, Scott Masters. We've known each other for going on two decades now. Uh, Scott's been a top player in the state, making the Challenge Cup team countless times. I'll actually be asking that question in a second. But everybody, say hello to Scott Masters. Hello, hello. How are you doing, Paul? <laughs> good, Scott, man. Thanks so much. Or as we know him in our world, Tiny, you know, when the six five, six seven guy's standing there, he always gets that little nickname. That's right. I've been tiny for a long time. So, <laughs> so Scott, tiny, let's talk about this yeah. history. How did you get into golf? Tell me about where you grew up, uh, You know what course you played, were you playing junior tournaments? I know where you went to college, but tell us about college. So how did you get into it? How did you get the bug? My dad was a member at the Beaver Book Country Club in Halls, and we had a Pargo three-wheeled cart that you steered – kind of side to side like a half moon it wasn't even a steering wheel it was a it was kind of like a bar well my dad used to take me i was six seven years old and he used to take me to play golf with him well i, I wasn't playing i was just riding and driving the car so eventually after doing that for a little bit i just got hooked watching him play and his buddies play and then we left beaverbrook and we joined knoxville golf course knox muni uh and we played out there for Ever they, I think we joined out there in eighty. I think it was built in eighty one or eighty two, and we joined right when it was built, and were members until um, until I got out of college. Uh, but I also got to join Holston Hills Country Club as a junior member. Uh, it was a fabulous opportunity. Uh, I paid three hundred three hundred dollars initiation one time, 
can pay $27 a month to get oh, to gosh. play, get to play <laughs> Holston Hills. Um, and it was a dream come true of mine. That's that's what got me, you know, really hooked and good. And John Wiley and Chris Dibble and Tom Pack and Gallagher Brothers. And, I mean, I can go on. Scott Carmichael, Brett Carmichael, forever. Those were the people that I grew up with and, and idolized and tried to mimic my game after and just got my brains beat in by. And it was uh, it was a fun time. But that's, that's what got me hooked was the – the people and the staff and the members at Holston Hills Country Club, definitely. So, again, I know later on you went to work for Dibs at Holston, so we'll get to that in a little bit. So you're playing junior golf. You're a member at Holston on the junior membership. Did you play high school golf? How did you compete? What did you do there? Yeah, I played high school golf at Central High School. Our, our home course was uh, Beaverbrook Country Club, so I got to do that. Played junior golf, uh, tour events, uh, junior championships for the state. Uh, didn't play much AJGA event in middle school. I'm a middle-class family, not a lot of money. Couldn't do all that kind of traveling and playing, but I got to play in some, you know, the big eye insurers and things like that throughout the state. And played junior times and, um, you know, just played high school golf, played the regionals, almost made the state a couple different times. Uh, that, that was pretty much junior golf, but then jumped right into, you know, Wanted to go to Tennessee, play golf at Tennessee. Had an opportunity to go redshirt and kind of set out for a couple of years at North Carolina to be a Tar Heel, and that didn't really, you know, I didn't want to set out for two years and not play any golf and, you know, establish residency and work there, and then, you know, two years later, start school. And I just I didn't really want to go do that by myself and, you know, young kid out of high school, that kind of scary. So that didn't really work out. I, I love Chapel Hill and Finley Golf Course. Johnny Cake was the head professional over there, great guy and director of golf. And so that was an opportunity missed. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. That's kind of fun. But uh, I went to Tennessee. I didn't really try to qualify my walk-on tournament. I got real close. I finished like third the first time I walked on. It was it was pretty close, but they only took one. So I really never made the team, and I decided, you know, I, I would try to go. The junior college route, after being at Tennessee for two a uh, year and a half, went up and played at Walter State for a semester for Bill Gardner. I think he just retired. Great guy. It was fun. We made it to the junior college nationals out in Arizona. That was really a great week out there uh, getting to spend. But um, And I left there, came back to Tennessee for a semester, but then I was able to get a full ride at Tennessee Tech in Cookville. I was there from 93 to 95. So I had Greg Wyatt uh, and Scott Carmichael had just left. So, But uh, we competed pretty well for uh, uh, OVC championship. Didn't win one, but it was fun. I won a couple of college tournaments. Um, uh, one of them was at Graceburg Hills up in Chucky, Tennessee. So that was fun. Uh, okay. But, uh, it was a great time. Uh, college was wonderful. Got to play for the late Bobby Nichols. Uh, Every time I mention his name, I get choked up, man. But, uh, that guy was a mentor of mine, and uh, there isn't a day I'm on the golf course that I don't think about him. Uh, he was a great man, and uh, it was a honor to play for him. It really, really was. And, and again, I know how close y'all two were. We used to play the tournament there at his course uh, at Ironwood all the time uh, yes. and go back and represent as a one-day on Fridays. And, you know, I, I remember personal story getting off you about me for a second. Yeah. But the year my niece was being born, 
she was induced in labor on Friday of the tournament, and then we kind of knew a couple weeks was going to happen prior, and I had to call Bobby and, and apologize that I was going to miss this tournament for the first time ever. And I yeah. told him why, and he said that's way more important than playing golf. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. That uh, that was a that was an event that was near and dear to my heart, and I just I hated when we had to, you know, let it go. And then he he passed, and we honored him, you know, for a little bit, uh, a couple of years after his passing, held the event, but then it just unfortunately just kind of faded out. And I don't even think Ironwood is a as a golf course anymore. I think they sold it. Um, right, but then then uh, Crosswell picked up as the Bobby Nichols, and that's the one that allows the, the two pros to be on the same pro am team. Correct. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so it, right. you know, even though his tournament's no longer there, we're still doing something to honor him. Correct. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. And that, now the tech, the team plays at the old Cookville Golf Club or at the Cookville Country Club, which I think is called Gold, Golden Eagle Club now. Maybe. Yeah, I believe that's right. I believe that's right. Yeah. So that's uh, really good for those guys. It's, it's definitely helps poke Brown in recruiting for Tech. That's it's awesome. So now you're out of college. Yep. Why on earth did you decide to become a PGA professional? You know, I was trying to play golf for a living. I really never went on any tours or anything. I was playing a lot of amateur events. The summer of '95, right when I graduated. I told my mom and dad, I asked my mom and dad, I said, is there any way I can not work and just play every day and practice every day and see what I can do? And, you know, they let me do it, and it just didn't really work out. Well, John Wiley told me, he said, look, the fall was coming around. It was probably mid-August. I played in everything I could play in from, you know, Southern Am to State Am to four ball to almost qualified for the U.S., um, mid-am and all kinds of stuff. So it was, it was, I missed it by shot and it was great. So look, I've got you a job at the Connecticut men's club as the playing professional, your third assistant. All your job is every day is to work a little bit in the shop and play with the members. And I went home and told my mom and my mom goes, son, you can go do what you want to do. And I'm like, but I don't know anybody. I just, I can't, I can't pull the trigger. I can't do it. So I ended up not going, which would have been a great opportunity up there. That's John Wiley's from up that way, so it would have been a great, great opportunity. But I didn't go, so I ended up. He got me a job working for Don Jones at Signal Mountain in Chattanooga in 1996, late 96, early 97, and I uh, worked for Don. Don is now at Cherokee Country Club in Knoxville, but I worked at Don, worked for Don for a year and a half, almost two years. Um, Came back, worked for Chris Dibble at Holton Hills for seven years. At that point, I had uh, left Chris and so 2005, started a retail golf shop. Had that for three years. It was in West Knoxville called TD Green. It was great, fun time, awesome to run a business. <laughs> Learned a lot. <laughs> uh, learned a whole lot. Um, at that point, I was fortunate enough to become the director of golf at Williams Creek, um, it's a first tee program downtown Knoxville. I think it's called first tee of Greater Knoxville now, uh, where all the first tee is run out of. But I was, we ran that golf course as a, you know, profit entity and I helped run the first tee. Did that for two and a half years, almost three years. Left there, went to Fox Den Country Club for five years as Scott Moran's first assistant, which was a wonderful get back into the private, private side of golf. 
Uh, from there, in November of 13, I became the head professional at Foxland Harbor Golf and Country Club in Gallatin, here in the mid-state, which was unbelievable. It was a job of my life. I loved it, put everything I had into it. When my wife and I got there, my wife was the membership director. When we got there, there were 207 full golfing members when we left, and Fairview bought us back to become Tennessee Grasslands now. We had 680 members. Oh, so that's it amazing. Was, uh, it was unbelievable. We grew it. It was great. And that was, you know, main reason they wanted to buy us. We were very successful, and the membership was happy, and it was, you know, thriving, thriving club. And uh, But that, that it was inevitable. That, that club was built as a 36-hole, two-club facility. And, you know, times were tough in 08 when the market went bad, and, you know, they split and both went bankrupt, and two different entities bought them. But it was an, it was inevitable for them to get back together. It really was. And now they're doing great. And um, But, unfortunately, I'm not there anymore. So I'm, I'm teaching at Galaxy. Um, I've been Which there. I know is your passion. I love teaching. I just I love it. That is, that is why I've been put on this earth, I believe, is to teach. I just I love to to grow the game from that aspect. I love watching people get better. I love hearing how they're, how they're getting better and, and enjoying the game more and playing more because of it. But I've been doing that for almost two years now, and uh, it's, it's wonderful. It's great. I mean, again, amazing story. It, you've kind of done it all, fit across the state, um, touched a little bit of everything on every side of it. So now let's get out of your PGA employment background and let's get into your playing career so i know the first time you and i went head-to-head 2001 at the assistance cup where we played georgia how many times were you on the assistance cup i made it every year uh so from we is that when we started it was 01 no it'd been going for a while in 01 um that was when like i said uh, i know mickey made it in 2000 Probably started ninety four, ninety five, maybe. Was it that early? Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't an assistant till ninety seven. Okay. So I didn't. I didn't make it back then. But I, I thought I made it in ninety. I thought I made it ninety nine and two thousand and oh one. I started back then. Okay. Uh, make the team a few times uh, early. Randy Wiley was on one of those teams back then. We had a great team. Josh, I don't know if you ever remember this name, Josh Fostick. Josh yes. played professionally for a bit. Mm-hmm. Josh was a great, great player. Um, he was on that team. We had Mickey was on that team. Um, Kevin Schnell was on that team uh, back in the way back in the day. Um, that's before he went to play. He was an assistant right. for Randy Helton. So um, played there. Uh, made those teams back then. Uh, I've made the Big Cup team. I got my PGA. Class A certificate, March of 2002, and I have made, I've played in 17 of the 18 that I was eligible. That is awesome. I knew you're kind of, you, yeah. you've played in it so much we could almost rename it the Master's Cup. Uh, I know. This became the Burdette Cup. <laughs> <laughs> it would be the Jeff Garrier Cup. Jeff has played in more than anybody, I believe. Uh, Bobby played. Bobby Nichols played in all of them too, as well. So that was, right. that was that was what was really cool. And uh, for those who don't know, so what the Challenge Cup is is where the top amateurs, senior and uh, regular age division, and the top professional senior and regular age divisions get together and play a little Ryder Cup style over the weekend. 
Um, used to be at Vanderbilt Legends Club, rotates kind of all over the state now. So, again, just a year-long points race to just see who's got the better team that year, the pros or the ams. So now let's talk about how many national club pros have you made it to? Uh, it's been a while, <laughs> but I made it in 2007 and 2008. Uh, 2007 was in Bend, Oregon at Sun River Resort. Um, it was great. I had a blast there. Um, came very close to making the PGA Championship. Uh, the last day I made 16 pars and two bogeys. Uh, I make one less bogey or one birdie I go. I finish 31st. Top 30 gets him. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was very heartbreaking, but it was very, it was a very great experience. Uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I got a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, good times from that. My buddy, Dr. Rob Bell, uh, he's up in Indianapolis now. Dr. Bell actually caddied for me in that event. We took him out there with me. Uh, and it was, uh, it was a great time. And then the next year, uh, played in 08 at Reynolds Plantation, uh, and did not make the cut there. Uh, didn't play very well. But Byron Williams, a buddy from Knoxville, caddied, uh, PJ member caddied for me in that. And we had a great time in that as well. Um, one, oh my goodness, 15, 15, 16 times throughout my career on the, you know, the Tennessee PGA, you know, tour, uh, through the, through the year for the points. Right. Um, yeah. So it's it's been a it's been a blessing. I've I've gotten to play a lot of golf. I've got I've had great jobs with great you know great memberships and great staff that have you know allowed me to go play. Uh, I've been very very fortunate to be able to compete. And that's I mean besides teaching, I love to compete. And that is that is as important as teaching, but not quite. If, if I had to take one away, I would not compete ever again. I would you know teach my kids how to play golf and teach people how to play, and that's. That's where I would be, so I enjoyed it very much. Now, I know you've played in a couple of now Corn Ferry, uh, used to be web.com. How many is that number, and have you played any PGA Tour events? No, I've never qualified for PGA Tour event. I never tried. Uh, it was always, you know, so expensive, and, you know, as an assistant pro or head pro, it's just so difficult to go try to do a Monday qualifier for one of those things. you got to now, you have to do a pre-queue and then go, go do the queue the next one. It's just so hard to do. So I never really tried for a PGA event. I came close for the one in Memphis before it became a um, what am word World Golf before? Championship. Yeah, before it became that, uh, they used to have a member qualifier, and I went and tried that two or three years. Walt Chapman and Kip Henley got in a couple of times, and I finished you know like first, second alternate a couple of times, didn't get in. Uh, but I've played in the Knoxville Open. Four times, uh, which was, you know, whether it was the time the Nationwide Tour or the Web.com Tour. Or Bada.com or, yeah. Uh, it was not that far back, but I did get to caddy for um, Turbo. Uh, uh, Gary Tolson, when it was the Ben Hogan Tour at Willow Creek. When oh, okay. Was, when I was a junior golfer, I got to caddy for Gary Qualified. And I, he didn't make the cut, but we had a great time, and I got to caddy for him out there that time. It was so much fun. But uh, And I got to play in the Web.com event twice in Chattanooga when it was at Black Creek. Okay. So I played in six, I think. Oh, over awesome. My career. Yeah. So, greatest golfing memory? 
You know, it would have to be when I, I, I was fortunate enough to take in 2017, in 2018, I got to take two different trips, one to Ireland and one to Scotland. In Scotland, I went in 17. Ireland was 18. We got to play 11 rounds in 10 days, and it was the most fun I think I've ever had. The only downfall is my wife nor my father was with me, which was a killer both ways because when I play, got to play St. Andrews at Scotland, I walked over that bridge, and I took a picture, and I got over that bridge and was kind of by myself ahead of the caddies and the other players in my group, and I absolutely lost it. It was waterworks, waterfall. I'm glad <laughs> nobody was around me because it was I could hardly walk. By the time I got up to my ball, I was okay, but I just I thought about my father, and I thought about the nostalgia and the you know the history of the people that had been there and walked that fairway and that played that golf course and over the hundreds and hundreds of years, it was just an experience of a lifetime. And to play St. Andrews, and I had a I had a ten footer for birdie to shoot even par. <laughs> that one over, but I played pretty good, uh, and it was uh, it was a great time, wonderful time. Awesome, awesome. So now let's get into your teaching. So you've been at Golf Galax for a while, and I know uh, primarily you're doing indoor lessons. You've got uh, B1 uh, sports, and you've got launch monitors set up, so you can see fall flight and what are things. So what are your, the biggest things you're always working on with your students? And this is a great time to talk about any students that you've got that are junior really making their way up or playing in elite levels or anything like that as well. Uh, I'm, you know, if, if you're asking for my philosophy, I don't really, you know, have one. I don't, you know, I, I teach to the individual. I teach by, you know, what that person can or cannot do because it matters. It matters if, you know, a, a person can move a certain way or they can't move a certain way or they've had back surgery or they've had this or they've had that. And you, you have to accommodate and you have to, you, you, you have to change and evolve to your students. So, the biggest thing I always work on with my students is their grip, how they hold the club, how their wrists work, uh, where the club is positioned in their hands. Uh, I talk a lot about how the hands control the club face. Uh, I always talk in a, in, a, in a perfect world. You know, there's really only two things that influence ball flight, the path and the face. And I said, if you look at it, that equation that equals 100%, it's about an 80-20 relationship. And I believe that the face is the key. So... I try to work on the grip, try to get their hands moving the right way, and the body will react. And, and it, it, it works most of the time. I mean, it's not a perfect thing. There's no way that it can be. But uh, it, it, some people, it's hard for them to feel because they don't want to let the right muscles relax, if that makes sense. Uh, they, 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 they get real tight with their shoulders, arms, forearms, biceps, and then when that happens, there's no way the hands can work properly. And... So I try to get them to, you know, sometimes hold the grip a little firmer. Uh, try to get them to understand, hey, you can't have a, you can't have a disconnect from the only connection you have. So, with that being said, if you if you'll if you'll firm it, have a firmer grip, but relax the other muscles, the bigger muscles, they'll move faster. And and that that is kind of the things that I work on. Um, you know, students. As far as that, I, I I've worked with some really really good players. Uh, Brandon Bunn. I worked with Brandon for a while up in Knoxville. Since I've been here in Nashville, it just I, I, not a lot of juniors that I have, you know, that are playing big time golf right now. I just I'm it's, it's just that, that season for me. I'm not. I don't have a ton of great great players that that I'm working with, but I'm I am working with some really good 
players that are making some big strides uh, that, that have went from, you know, hey, I can't break 100 to, holy cow, I just broke 80. So to me, that is, that's as impressive, and, and, and I'm happy for them because that is a big, big deal in their lives when it comes to that. Yeah, and again, you know, I know looking at the video, a lot of times people, when they see themselves, they have no clue that's what they were doing. Um, right. So they watch players on TV, they try to mimic that, and they think they look like that. And then they see that, you know, like you're saying, they're tensed up in their arms and their elbows are bending and breaking and they can't control it. So a lot of times, you know, just being able to put them on video to help them understand what they're doing, it's eye-opening. Absolutely. It makes a huge difference because they can't, they can't take their eyeballs out of my head, as my father always says. So you've got to, you've got to, you've got to be able to see it to be able to feel it. So it's, it's, it's definitely great. The, 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 the V1 is awesome because you can put the, the models of PGA Tour players, and I've got men and women on there to show them, hey, this, this person's about your height, your build. This, look what they do. Look how they move and, and try to emulate that. And then I put it, <laughs> mirror it up beside them, and then the student usually goes, holy cow, I'm not even close to that. I'm like, no, but here's how we're going to get you to feel that. And then you, you can really see some improvement really fast. It's right. The, video, the, the videos in launch models are amazing. So you're working on their hands, you're working on their grips, uh, getting their bodies to work more efficiently um, as you're going through there. Uh, you, I'm assuming you're taking through club fitting and wedge gapping and iron fittings as well to kind of tailor to what they need? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that if, if the equipment doesn't fit them, it doesn't really matter, you know, how good their game is. If they're playing with a club that's, you know, an inch too short or an inch too long or the shaft's too stiff or too weak or lie angle's wrong, and all of a sudden they make a great swing and the toe hits first and slips dead open and they can't square the club up. It doesn't matter how much the grip is, how much they're working on the grip. Club fitting is, is the ultimate. You've got to have the tools to be able to perform. You know, maybe not right off the bat, uh, it, it, but it's imperative that you get it as quickly as possible, uh, especially for juniors. You know, I... I, I I cringe when I hear the parents go, oh, i got a set of clubs I'm going to cut down for them. <laughs> no. That is the worst thing you can do for a junior because nine times out of ten, it's going to be too stiff and too heavy. They're not going to be able to feel the club head, and it's going to feel like an anvil in their hands, and then they've got to go do that for four hours playing around the golf. There's no way they're going to get any better. So I always tell you know parents about you have to get to golf and things like that, and some of the manufacturers are doing a really good job now, Cobra paying trying to get junior clubs light enough and flexible enough for a kid not to develop swing flaws because they're fighting to get the club back to the golf ball. Right, exactly. And again, coming from a guy that's your height, you, you, you see more club fitting than anybody because nothing right. off the shelf is going to fit you. So, again, the other spectrum for the juniors, it's finding the right weights and, uh, and lengths and stuff like that. So, like Absolutely. you said, it, it's all about the correct tools in the toolbox. Absolutely. No so, about it. 2020, we're really now just getting into tournament season. Uh, we had our first regular field event last week. I know you played in that. Uh, yes. We talked about a little bit about that on, uh, before we came on air. Um, but, so, what are your goals for 2020? What are, you, what are you shooting for with us being playing a limited schedule? What, what are your goals that you're trying to do? Well, with... Uh, Two little little ones at home. I have a <laughs> I have a 
Miss Harper Lee. She is two and a half. She'll be three in January. And my son, Cooper Allen, he is one year and almost two months old. So with them at home, uh, life is a bit different for Scott. Uh, I enjoy the game. I enjoy practicing and getting to play. But uh, that is getting it's harder uh, and harder. <laughs> to be able to my time properly to do that. But, you know, my goals right now, um, I want to make the cut team first off, foremost. That's the most fun that I have all year is competing against those amateurs like Lee Maxwell and, you know, Ryan Greer and some of those guys that, that, that are really good players that get to play all the time. And, you know, competing against those guys, goes. it's just the camaraderie and, and the competition is so much fun. We, we were wonderful enough to – to beat them last year at Chattanooga Golf and Country Club, which was great. I was very fortunate to go 3-0 and in my matches, which I was extremely proud of for the limited golf that I've been playing, uh, which was which was awesome. I didn't get to play Lee in singles, which I, I probably would have regretted because he probably would have beat me. But uh, <laughs> it, it was it was good. That that and, and I still have the goal of making the National Club Pro this year. Uh, I'm trying to get out and practice like tomorrow morning. I'm going to go to the little course before work and, and hit balls and chip and putt, I, I try to do that two or three days a week, which I haven't really done much of lately, which I'm getting able to do that now. So I'm not playing a lot, but I'm practicing a little more, and it showed from the last tournament. I mean, I shot two over, 73-73, and I could have – that's the worst I would I, I would have shot. I mean, it, it was the dead worst I could have shot. I could have could have played a whole lot better. So the, those are my two main goals. Uh, I would love to – and to, to qualify for the National Club Pro is is finishing in the top four this year, I believe, in our section championship, which is at the Vanderbilt Legends Club on the on the South Course. Right. So, yeah, looking forward to that. And that, I, you know, I always want to play the best I can play, compete and win every week like Tiger does. I mean, that's, it sounds great, but, I mean, realistically it's hard. <laughs> but uh, that, that, that's the goal every week is to win. But if, if you can, you you can, but that's my main goals. I, I, I want to compete at the highest level. I want to make it back to the National Club Pro, and I want to get the PGA Championship. I, I really do. I've, I've come close to qualifying for the U.S. Open. I went through local and sectional. I've been through local to get to sectional eight times. I've had fortunate enough times to play at East Lake in the in the in the sectional. I've played at Scarlet's Course up in Ohio, uh, Scioto. I've played at uh, the. Old Oaks and Century Golf Club up in uh, Rochester, up in uh, Westchester County in New York. Um, I've, I've came close, fifteen times of making the Open through that. That and it's that's the most fun. Fuzzy Zeller was two holes over one year that I was at a sectional event. Davis loved the third, played right behind Chris DeMarco one year. Rocco Mediate was in the group behind me. So I mean, just seeing those guys and getting at that level. I mean, that's that to me. That's the ultimate, and that's, I would love to get back there. I'm two years away from this possible senior tour, so that's a goal. I mean, that's trying to work hard to get to that. So we'll see. <laughs> My main goal is raising those kids, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> Got to raise the kiddos. <laughs> I understand that. Well, Scott, I'm gonna be mindful of your time. I want to thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, what's one quick piece of advice you'd give to our listeners about getting out playing golf and improving? You know, don't don't take practice lightly. Uh, it, it's a great thing, but you got to know how to practice. Uh, you got to have, um, 
you got to play games with yourself when you practice. You got to have, you got to challenge yourself, whether it's, you know, hitting balls to a target, um, landing them on a target. You can't do it till you hit it four times in a row. Uh, chipping around the greens, play up and down with yourself. Uh, when you, you're, you're chipping it, you, you take a wedge and you chip it to a hole and you got to make a putt. Do that three or four times in a row before you can leave. Um, that's challenging yourself. And that's quality practice because that's how you will take that practice and that's how you play the game. And if you're not doing that, just going to grabbing a bucket of balls and just pounding them on the range, <laughs> all you're doing is loosening your muscles. You're not really teaching yourself the competitive way of golf because you got to challenge yourself. you got to make yourself uncomfortable because that's the only way to get better. Perfect, Scott. Thanks so much. <laughs> Again, I want to thank Scott for taking some time out of his busy schedule on the Lesson T and spending some time on the phone with us this week. Uh, but again, guys, been an amazing player for a long time. Played in multiple WebDot, Corn Ferry, uh, tour events. Uh, won several tournaments throughout the state. Uh, been a top player every year for the Challenge Cup and Assistant Cup. Uh, and, and just, again, a just all-around great guy would do anything for you. So, again, want to thank Scott for coming on. Um, we've got July 4th coming up this weekend, so everybody be safe. Get out and play golf if you can. Um, and like Scott said, practice with a purpose. So instead of just going out there and banging some balls this weekend, um, let's spend some time on that short game. Let's let's play some, some up-and-down games. Let's work on some putting and go from there, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.